week is what we're declaring this week guys welcome in week nine of the fantasy footballers dfs podcast this is kyle borgannoni i'm here with matthew betts betts how's your week going man man so far so good anytime we can talk about my favorite wide receiver in the nfl in julio jones uh hashtag always julio and forever julio we have to do it so yeah we're we're gonna break that that game down in a little bit more detail in a second but I mean, I might go full Dalvin Cook like I did last week and just say, you know what? Every lineup is going to get Julio Jones in it. Uh, it worked out last week with Dalvin. We'll see what happens this week with Julio. Is he, wait a second. Is he really your favorite wide receiver? For yes, real? dude. I love Julio Jones. He, like He's just dominant. And I mean, I, I love my boy Terry McLaurin, but uh, he's nowhere close to Julio, obviously. Yeah, I. so I'm obviously super biased as a Falcons fan, but Julio Jones is my favorite NFL player of all time. I mean, just getting to watch him week in, week out. I understand that he'll limp off the field, you know, a couple times a game. It's totally fine. But just love Julio Jones. Love his attitude. He's just, like, humble as an elite wide receiver. So we're going to be talking about him, talking about some other plays this week for the main slate. So glad you're with us. I want to start this off with a quick question. Let's talk about week eight. So this past week, we had some good moments, me and you, and... One of these, I'll let you start off with something you texted me, I believe, Sunday. You said, I think, I think I'm think i going to do this in all of my lineups, and I would say it turned out pretty well. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, I texted you, I think it was like 12.15 Eastern, right before kickoff, and I, I was just kind of like you know doing a little bit more research right before lock and kind of thinking about things and just players that no one was talking about that week that I was like, why is no one else talking about Dalvin Cook? I know we talked about him on our show, but we didn't really give him, I feel like, the justice he deserved. We didn't really give him the attention he deserved and how good of a spot it was. And I texted you, I just said, dude, I'm locking I'm locking uh, Dal- Dalvin Cook into every single lineup I'm playing this week, cash and tournaments, and clearly that was an awesome play. It worked out. So um, yeah, I kind of went full... Uh, full lock mode there with Dalvin. And certainly that was a great call, but yeah, it was a fun week, man. You know, it's always a bold call when you get to lock someone into every single lineup, but I guess it's not a bad call when they score 50 plus points and blow away the field. I think in tournaments, he was as low as like, you know, 3%, 5% in a lot of those. Is that where you were seeing him? Yeah. Depending on the the field size, I saw him anywhere between like three and 10%. I think only one of the the tournaments I played and he was over 10%. It was like 11. So it was still manageable. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, Green Bay, we know horrible against the run Dalvin Cook's role and usage elite. It, it just seemed like, I don't know. I think people got too locked into Kareem Hunt and, and Derrick Henry and just opened up this massive value with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, my cash game lineup, uh, I cashed in all of mine for my 50-50s. That's how I like to play cash. And I was, I mean, my lineup wasn't that great. It was actually much lower than the week before in terms of my scoring. But there was one thing that put me over the top. It was that Miami defense. So 2,400, they were awesome on DraftKings. I mean, awesome across the board. But, you know, that just put me head and shoulders above a lot of other people, locking them in. Whenever you get a defense like that, you got to feel good because it is a crapshoot. Um, when you get to punt on defense and, and score a lot, that's great. And then I'll throw in there bets. I got second in the DFS pod contest. I, you know, maybe yep. this is my calling. You did. You, you should just specialize in like 75 man tournaments. <laughs> you do so well. I was, I was climbing the leaderboard. I was super excited because, uh, I went with the mega stack with Russ DK and Lockett and brought it back with George Kittle and they're getting so close to the goal line. I'm like, all right, this is it. This is kill time. And then all of a sudden he goes out and now we know he broke his foot. So yeah, that was a bummer. I think I came in like seventh or eighth, somewhere around there. So a good showing for the pod, but I'm just happy our listeners are making money off of us. So I guess, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. And I've had a, a number of listeners reach out saying, how do I get into this? Well, one, you need to be a part of our, our league in DraftKings that we're a part of. So you can just search Borg and Betts, DFS Potter, or, or message us on Twitter at Kyle underscore Borg or at the Fantasy PT. But we only have 75 spots. We're trying to keep it competitive. And right now there's over 200 people in the league. So those fill up immediately. So if you want to join the league, 
uh, jump in. We love to play with you guys. It's it's uh, it's just super fun. It's fun to see people who are maybe intimidated. They could jump into a 75-man tournament. And I need to make sure we say this, bets because what are we doing? Are we trying to give this thing away at this point? Because it's halfway through the season, and we have slashed our DFS pass in half. It's only $30 now. Are you kidding me? Why, why are we doing this, bets? I have no idea. It is a screaming value. It was always a value. And now we get it here, you know, uh, for about $30. And it's just one time payment for the rest of the year. And people might think, oh, you know, halfway through the season, it's half off. That makes sense. But we don't stop in week 17. We keep going. We go through the playoffs and we're going to go all the way uh, through January when the playoffs are going on. So, yes, check it out. It's a great deal. And, And certainly, I mean, one-time payment and you're done and if you play against us in the 75 man league clearly i can't win that thing so you're going to make your money back <laughs> playing just one round of a dfs against us so yeah great value yeah like you said it'd go all the way through the playoffs if you want to hang out with us every single week listen to this podcast but then actually get our picks our analysis you know bets gives a thursday night preview article i do the pace of play wide receiver uh matchups and then you know ben cummins and rob Wazia give actual picks on fanduel and on DraftKings that you can take with you. So we think it's a great deal. 30 bucks for the rest of the year. That's, that's. I mean, I just wrote in the doc, are you kidding me? Uh, it's basically free. <laughs> so yeah, check that out if you want to. But we're going to get into the main slate. State of the main slate. So for the main slate this week, here's a couple of overarching thoughts about some of these positions, because each week we have different teams that are either on by, you know, maybe on Thursday night or on the Sunday night or, or Monday night games. This week, here's just a couple things just to put on your radar. Uh, in terms of quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks are going to be Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Kyler. So you're going to have to pick between some studs this week. And then at running back, this is my biggest question this week. And I want to just pause here for a second. We have Christian McCaffrey supposedly back. He practiced in full on Wednesday, so it seems like he's going to be back this week, plays the Chiefs. And then we have Dalvin Cook. Those are by far the two best options on this slate. My question for you, Bets: are you able to play both of these studs in a lineup? It's going to be tough, especially if you want to get one of these uh, you know, top what, like five to eight quarterbacks too. Like, I feel like, I don't know if you noticed this, Kyle, but... DraftKings just was super aggressive, I feel like, this week with quarterback pricing. It's really tough. Normally, we can find one or two guys that we like at around like 6,000, 6, you know, 6, 2, something like that. And I feel like there's just a dead zone for quarterbacks in between the studs at the top and then the values at like, you know, 5.5K on DraftKings. So it's tough. If, if you want to get to the both of these guys, you can do it. You just have to play really thin plays at wide receiver. And depending on, you know, the, the type of environment you're trying to look at here if it's a tournament like great go for it if it's more of a cash game type of situation i'll probably choose one or the other of these guys yeah i I, will talk about dalvin cook and christian mccaffrey in a second the matchups with wide receiver there's no Devontae adams so you're not going to get two touchdowns this week i feel like every week you can just pencil in for two touchdowns and then at the top you have deandre hopkins dk metcalf and they have actually pretty tough matchups this week like it's a little bit tougher with miami secondary uh, Metcalf love Tredavious White. So if you're paying up for those wide receivers, just realize they have some tough DB matchups. And then Betts, talk to me about tight end this week. Oh, tight end is <laughs> tight end is something else this week. I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a scary situation. Obviously, we have Travis Kelsey, but then we just lost George Kittle. You know, the, Mark Andrews is fine. Like, there's just these guys that um, it's like you either pay up for Kittle or you just punt. Because everywhere in the middle is so, so uh, average and does, they don't really separate themselves. So I know for my strategy this week, I'll be looking to punt and cash games because it's one place we can save salary if we want to get to those studs like Christian McCaffrey and, yep, and Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I'm with you. Kelsey is just way above everyone else. I mean, I'm talking like $1,700 difference. Uh, it's sad to see Mark Andrews. I think he's uh, 4800 on DraftKings. It's just like he's completely buried. I don't trust him in cash. He's fun. He may be in a tournament, but uh, yeah, it, it's a week to punt. And we'll talk about some of those plays that we like. But yes, all of our picks, just a reminder, are in the DFS pass. If you want just straight picks, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, why don't you just tell me pick by pick? Uh, you can get those in the DFS pass. We want to work game by game and tell you which games to stack. And we think that's helpful for tournaments. So let's talk about this first game, which for me, it's just 
This one's fun. I am so excited about Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bills. This game has a 54-point total last time I checked. And Seattle games, dude, have just gone through the roof. Listen to these point totals in games Seattle's played this year. All right, 63, 65, 69, 54, 53, 71, and 64. Like that's a that's an average of 62.7 points per game in Seattle games. So you have to stack this game in some way. I mean, it's it's probably going to hit the over. I feel like 54 is too low. And I've seen some places where it's been bet up some more. So we love this game. And I think there's going to be a lot of plays. So where do you want to start talking about in this game? Yeah, that's a great call as far as the the over, because I think this game, if I'm not mistaken, opened up at 52 and a half. So, you know, one kind of interesting nugget, too, that you can take away is just a little tip is when the line moves, it's because big bettors like Kyle, uh, no, just kidding, <laughs> are putting out, uh, you know, that's what they do, like they're professional bettors, put out big money on these lines. And then so Vegas says, oh, crap, we have to adjust. And so one tip for DFS players is to say, look at what the line is doing. And is it moving up or down and kind of adjust your lineups that way? It's moving up. So certainly we want to target this game, like you said. So I think it's a great call. Um, I want to start with Josh Allen. I want to talk about this because, you know, three weeks into the season, it was he's the MVP. He's, he's pushing Russ for MVP. Like, is he has he fixed all of his errors? But then you have to remind yourself, you know what? He played the Dolphins and the Jets. So maybe he's coming back down to earth in the last four weeks. And his price has too. And I'm really excited about that. $7,000 on DraftKings to me. We were talking about this pre-show and throughout the week. He's like a a cash game lock at that price because we know what his ceiling is. And we also know that, you know, typically if we're projecting a player to have a ceiling like Josh Allen against Seattle, he should be priced way more. So to me, $7,000 on DraftKings is, is a great value. Seattle, as we know, is giving up a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks. I mean, we saw Nick Mullins last week come in cold in the second half, and he still threw for over 200 yards and two touchdowns against the secondary. So, yeah, to me, this is a great spot for Josh Allen. And then, of course, you can stack him any way you want with his pass catchers this week. Yeah, Josh Allen's how I started my cash game lineup, and it's that price. It's 7000 We've seen his floor, and it's not that bad. It's, you know, 15 points, 16 points, but we've seen also his ceiling Seattle's given up 27 rushing yards per game to quarterbacks, so I love that for Allen. He's just set up to smash, and I love pairing him with Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs leads the league in targets. He's averaging 87 yards per game, and I really just like to count on that volume. Now, there is a little bit of, like, if you look at some of those targets, like, there's a lot of them that aren't catchable. But I, I just, Stefan Diggs is someone that I want to play because these Seahawks have given up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. You could easily stack them though with Cole Beasley. And John Brown is the perfect pivot. Like I would, I'd love to play John Brown. He did show up on the injury report uh, on Wednesday. So we got to monitor that. But 4,600 on DK, uh, I love that. Would you say in a tournament, like you prefer Diggs? And then what about between Beasley and Brown? Yeah, I mean, Diggs is clearly the best option as far as what we're projecting. But I will say it's worth noting in the DFS pass, I'm looking at the buzz report right now, which if you're not familiar, essentially tells us, you know, what are people talking about in terms of DFS? Who who are the who is everyone talking about as like a good play this week? Because it will tell us what the ownership is going to be like on these players. The number one quarterback, Josh Allen, the number one wide receiver, Stefan Diggs. So if you're playing in like a massive field tournament, I like pivoting off of Diggs and going to John Brown because we've seen this offense be so much better with John Brown in the lineup. And he is on the injury report this week. So again, we got to monitor. But to me, it's maintenance work essentially at this point for a guy who missed a couple of games heading into last week, came back, looked totally fine uh, based off what I saw. So I'm confident in, in John Brown if he plays this week that he's a great pivot and a great way to save salary at $4,600, especially on DraftKings. Cole Beasley is a value on FanDuel. He's actually cheaper on that site, and Seattle's given up a ton of yards to slot wide receivers. So these, I mean, I want to play these these three. I feel like some combination of them is going to win somebody a, a GPP. But like you said, uh, Allen and Diggs are going to be super popular. So on the other side, and, and maybe we'll hit these running backs in a second too, but on the other side, Mr. Unlimited is uh <laughs> Come on, that's just the best safe. you got, Kyle. <laughs> I, I I like it in the sense of it's like quotable. I also hate it and I cringe. Yeah, it's yeah, it's cringeworthy for sure. Gosh, 
But he's just safe. I mean, he's just so safe. If you want to go Wilson instead of Allen and cash $600 more, I totally get it. It's totally fine. He's been the MVP so far. So uh, with Wilson, how do you want to match up that Seahawks side? Because I feel like Metcalf and Lockett, you have to guess. You have to guess which week is it. Yeah, to me this week, this is a Lockett week. Um, He's just a guy that, you know, we know for sure one of these two guys is going to smash, right? And the lazy analysis says, well, one week it's Metcalf, the next week it's Lockett, then it's Metcalf, then it's Lockett. And there's some truth to that, to be honest with you. But this week, specifically looking at DraftKings pricing and on FanDuel too, but more of a value on DraftKings, Tyler Lockett is not priced up at all. He's $6,800. It's really affordable if you want to play him in cash, whereas DK Metcalf is $7,800. He's priced up a ton, rightfully so. He's been fantastic. But you look at what Buffalo does against their, you know, their coverage. They're very good against perimeter wide receivers. Obviously, that's where DK Metcalf lines up. He'll see a lot of Tredavious White. Tyler Lockett in the slot is set up for success. We saw Jameson Crowder go 115 on a touchdown. Cooper Cup, 107 and a touchdown. Isaiah Ford, <laughs> 7 for 76. Like These guys are just getting success in the slot against this defense. And to me, this is a Tyler Lockett week. So I love him as a pivot off of DK Metcalf. Um, and I think he's viable in both cash and uh, tournaments this week. I had Metcalf last week in that DFS pod, uh, and it was just so great for that afternoon part of the slate to just, man, I'm getting two touchdowns. I'm just I'm just gaining above everyone else. So that, that was a good feeling. In this game, though, what about Chris Carson? Uh, do we think that he'll be back this week? Because Carlos Hyde has already been declared out. DJ Dallas saw a ton of touches last week. He's super cheap. If Carson was out, I would love to play DJ Dallas, but let's just assume Carson makes his way back because he almost played last week. How do you feel about Carson? Yeah, it's sort of tricky because, you know, the Seahawks are a team that are usually they're overly optimistic about injuries. We The running joke with, you know, Pete Carroll is like, he'll come out and be like, oh, it's a little minor, minor knee injury. And then all of a sudden you're like, he just tore his ACL. Like, what are you talking about? So it's hard to get a read on this. And I'll talk a lot more about it on the Injury Blitz podcast, which if you're listening to this on Friday, also drops later today. But essentially these midfoot sprains, you know, for like skill position players, uh, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, etc. The stress that you put on the foot when you plant and cut is pretty high. And so until I see Chris Carson back on the field, it's hard to give him a full vote of confidence that he's good to go. So in that type of scenario and understanding that, to me, he's pretty much only a GPP type of play and a pivot off of a Russell Wilson stack um, if you're going with this matchup. He's 6,500 on DK, so he's actually a pretty good value this week if he was full, you know, fully healthy, but we just don't know that he is. So for me, I'm probably staying away in cash, but in GPP, I might play you know, a lineup or two with Chris Carson. All right, and last thing I'll mention is Zach Moss, two touchdowns last week. He's out-touched him from inside 10 yards, so he's getting those looks we want. I just can't click the button for either of these guys. I can't see them really getting there in a tournament to help me. I get it. Like if you want to be super contrarian and say, you know what? Everyone's doing Allen and Diggs. Why not look at Zach Moss? But do you really want to go there other than a GPP? No, not really. I mean, yeah, it, it's so tough because one week we could see Singletary come out and have a decent decent game. And then all of a sudden Zach Moss comes in and steals two touchdowns, even though he didn't get as many carries. So it's tough to project. Yeah, to me, when I build lineups, like I'm looking for workhorse running backs, and these guys certainly don't fit the bill. So I am not going to be playing any of Zach Moss or Devin Singletary this week. I'll mention our boy Will Disley a little bit later on in the show, but I think he could be a sneaky punt play this week. And in the DFS pass, we have some recommended tournament plays. We actually say, here's who you could stack. And so I think the easiest way to attack this game is to go Allen, Diggs, maybe throw in either a Beasley and Brown, and then run it back with Lockett. I think that's just the, the most cost-effective and, and way to go. So that's what I would do. Give me your Vegas pick. Yeah, I like Seattle here, minus three. I also like the over. I think there's still some value on that 54 line. So I will take Seattle and the over. I will do the exact same thing because I trust Russell Wilson, and they're going to put up a ton of points. All right, next game, we have the Oakland and San Diego. Wait, hold on. <laughs> The Wait, what? Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers, two teams very confused about where they used to be in life. Uh, this game is a 53 <laughs> and a half total and the Chargers are one and a half point favorites and they have Justin Herbert, who is basically the hottest guy in the league. Three plus touchdowns in four straight games. The dude is on fire. He's tied with Russell Wilson. I looked this up today in deep 
touchdowns for the season. He's got nine already, and he's just incredible right now. I, I love watching Chargers games because I love Keenan Allen, my second favorite player in the league, by the way. Nice. and He's great. Who's he's your, so underrated, it, dude. Is McLaurin your second favorite? Yeah, he's right there. Uh, DK Metcalf, though, is growing on me. I'm not going to lie. I like <laughs> I like all the stud wide receivers. <laughs> and I'm assuming you hate all the Eagles now? Oh, man. Uh, what do you, yeah what is there to say about the eagles uh, hey jalen Rager, maybe maybe in a few years we'll see but yeah watching uh watching my eagles against the giants was both awesome and equally horrible at the same time <laughs> oh man you're not a greg ward fan i played greg ward a ton in some dynasty leagues last year down the stretch because he was the only guy he was seeing like eight targets a game and he got there so yeah i'll always have some love for greg ward so how would you stack this back to this Chargers game with Herbert? Is it just really simple? Like, you know, the targets are going to be funneled to Keenan Allen. He's seeing 10.6 targets per game. Is that just a really easy stack? Because the Raiders give it up a ton uh, through the air. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly to me, like I talked about Tyler Lockett as a potential cash game play. If you want to pivot to Keenan Allen at just $200 more. I think it's a great call. I mean, he is a fantastic play this week. You mentioned the volume. It's just insane. 10.6 targets per game. But back to the like the last month of the season when he's been playing with Justin Herbert, if you remember on that, uh, that Monday Night Football game when he left early with a back injury, he caught a touchdown pass and exited. But outside of that week, 19 targets, 11 targets, 13 targets, 11 targets. I mean, at $7,000 on DraftKings, 7500 on FanDuel, to get that type of volume is just insane. So to me, that's a, a misprice. They won't raise his price for some reason, despite the insane volume that he's getting. So yeah, I love him this week. But I think you could also pivot off of him if you want to, because I, I expect him to be pretty popular this week. So if I'm building a stack with the Chargers, I'll start with Keenan Allen, but I also might just go double stack and also go with Hunter Henry or Mike Williams. I mean, those guys, they're... They're boomer bust, right? Like Mike Williams, we've seen what he can be, right? If you remember that same game when Keenan Allen went out, he absolutely exploded. Last week, he exploded. But we also know the floor is extremely low. He's played three games with Justin Herbert where he has less than 20 yards receiving, despite Herbert absolutely going bananas, right? So yeah, for me, those guys are more GPP plays. Keenan Allen certainly in cash, no doubt about it. Hunter Henry's so cheap at 4,000. It makes me want to play him in cash, but you're right. Like I've seen his floor. And honestly, in terms of his ceiling this year, he's only been, I checked this out, he's only been the tight end 10. That's the highest he's hit on a given week. 10th best tight end. That's just not going to help you that much. But his price is low enough where I could see him. But he's more of a turn play for me. Before we go to the Raiders, I need to talk about Justin Jackson. Right now, he's actually in my cash game lineup at 4,900. Last week, he tore it up, had over 140 total yards. The Raiders rank 31st in rush DVOA. He's clearly much better than Joshua Kelly. So can people put them in his ca- their cash game lineups? I know we've been talking about it a little bit kind of throughout the week. I'm not quite as willing yet to put him there. And it's not because I don't think he can get there. Certainly, you know, he can, especially at that price, right? $4,900 on DraftKings. He doesn't need to come out and have, you know, 150 rushing yards and a touchdown to make his day. He can still get there. He's getting a ton of um, volume as far as touches overall. But Tremaine Pope, like, what? <laughs> what happened last week? Tremaine Pope came out. He ran more routes than Justin Jackson. He had two more targets than Justin Jackson. And so I'm just not convinced that, you know, this is a, a situation where we know for sure how it's going to be divvied up each week. I mean, they were super willing to just let Joshua Kelly kind of fade off. And then all of a sudden, Tremaine Pope was kind of the the guy for like several drives in a row that I saw. So he's fine. I'm not going to you know fault anyone that wants to play him. But I personally don't want to rely on him as a cash game foundation personally for me this week. Yeah, I just like the savings. And what I'm asking him to do for my team is to really hit somewhere between 10 and 15 points. And he hit, you know, over 17 last week. So I'm I'm totally fine with where he's at. I think in tournaments, people are going to want to play Herbert and Allen. So he's a great leverage play. But on the other side, there's an even better leverage play because people are going to want to play Chargers. They're, they're the sexy team right now. The Raiders are not so much. I mean, but Joshua Jacobs, he had 32, you know, rush attempts last week. I mean, that's insane for 128 yards. He probably should have gotten in the end zone, but he's a great leverage play. And on DraftKings, he's always underpriced because he doesn't catch that many passes. He's 6,300. So Josh Jacobs, 
talk the people into the other JJ running back in this game. Yeah, I love how formal you are, Kyle, calling him Joshua. Uh, Joshua Jacobs. <laughs> He's a great play this week. Yeah, best friends. Um, I love him this week. The price doesn't fit his workload. You mentioned it, 32 carries last week. And again, that was kind of the wind game. It was bad weather. They were just like, you know what? We're going to pound the rock over and over and over again. But why would they not do that again this week? I mean, Josh Jacobs has been so, so good for how difficult the schedule has been for the last month and a half. Obviously, week one, we played him everywhere, right? Against Carolina, if you guys remember, came out and smashed. And then he had like the toughest strength of schedule of any running back for six weeks. And now the schedule really opens up and the price specifically on DraftKings, is not catching up to that. So I love Josh Jacobs this week. If I'm building Charger stacks, I'm going to bring it back with Josh Jacobs. I I certainly think you can play him um, as a one-off too in this game if you don't want to build a Charger stack. He is just absolutely in in line for a massive workload. He's being involved in the pass game more than people think. It's not really like the third down type of situation, but he'll get a few dump-offs from our boy Derek Carr. Yeah, man, I absolutely love him this week. The Chargers giving up 5.25 yards per carry over their past four games. They cannot stop the run. Josh Jacobs is going to smash this week. That'll get it done. And last week we talked about Derek Carr, and then the weather shifted things later on in the week where it just really wasn't the time to play him. And a lot of people still did. Uh, We pivoted. But Derek Carr, he has I found this out, he has the highest quarterback rating on deep attempts in the league. I mean, so he's connecting... But he's only throwing the ball deep on 8.5% of his throws. And the Chargers really limit that. So if you're trying to play Henry Ruggs and hope for a deep one, or you're crazy enough to play Nelson Aguilar, go for it. Darren Waller is just the much safer bet. I don't mind him at all in cash. There's not that many elite options this week. Like we said, it's Kelsey. And then it's probably Waller. It's probably the next best option. So don't mind that in cash. Anything else you have to say for this game? No, I think that about wraps it up. I'm with All you. Right, so give me We're your good. biggest pick. Yeah, I'll take the uh, I'll take the over in this one. I actually like this game quite a bit as far as being an underrated like high scoring shootout. Um, and I think people will kind of react to what we saw last week with, with Derek Carr. Right, everyone was like, "Oh, like these two bozos on this fantasy footballers podcast hyped him up, and then all of a sudden." Uh, a hurricane came through and we couldn't play him but i think people will react to that and and i think he's kind of a sneaky uh game stack scenario here i like the over quite a bit in this matchup yeah the line is tempting at one and a half uh, but the chargers just know how to let you down so i just i can't trust them there but the overs you know i think it's pretty easy you put this note in there chargers games have averaged 64 total points over justin herbert's last four starts so Yes, take the over and, you know, throw a couple stacks in tournaments. This would be perfect. All right, this next game. This game is tough to call right now. Uh, There's been some things that have changed. It's the Lions at the Vikings. This game had a 53-point total, but it's been bet down. And the reason why it's bet down is on Wednesday, we got news that Matthew Stafford was placed on the COVID list. So right now, our news is he could play on Sunday, but we don't know that for certain. So we're just going to quickly just go through a couple plays here. Um, why don't you talk to me about a guy named, uh, what's his name? Dalvin Cook. <laughs> yes. What is that fellow's name who went out and rushed for three touchdowns and caught another one and put up 50 DraftKings points last week? Yeah, that's Dalvin Cook. Um, guys, you don't need us to tell you that he's a great play this week. We talk about it, I feel like, every time we can. With the Lions, they are a defense that Ben Cummins wrote up in the preseason as a defense who want to attack on the ground every week. And this week is no different with Dalvin Cook. I can see a scenario, you know, last week, Kirk Cousins threw the ball, I think it was 14 times. And it really hurt if you played Thielen or Justin Jefferson. I could totally see a very similar situation. Now, is he going to go for 200 yards and four touchdowns? Probably not. But could he go for like 150 and two? Again, Dalvin Cook? Yeah, absolutely in this matchup. So yeah, to me, Dalvin Cook is again a staple in my cash lineups. I might just go, you know what? Lock him in again this week. Let's ride it out and see how he does. So I like Dalvin Cook. It makes me a little nervous about uh, the passing volume if Matthew Stafford doesn't play because, you know, certainly the game environment would be better if Matthew Stafford was in there moving the ball down the field. And we maybe want to bring it back more with like Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson stacks. So, yeah, I'm kind of cooling on those guys a little bit more, but certainly Dalvin Cook, nothing changes. He's a great player this week. Yeah, for tournaments, I think this is a game to kind of just have a a secondary stack. And what we mean by that is instead of taking the quarterback, instead of taking Cousins and Thielen or, 
you know, Stafford or uh, who's it, Chase Daniel and and one of the others, you're what what you're doing in a tournament is you're saying, I'm going to put Dalvin Cook in this lineup. And then for that game to really go off, there's going to be somebody on the Lions side, a, a cheaper wide receiver that I can pl- plug in there. So this week, it might be Marvin Jones, our boy Marv. He uh, I was one week late on Marv week, and I need to apologize to the people. I was wrong, but <laughs> I was right in that yes. Marv Jones. <laughs> I was going to say, you were definitely right more than you were wrong. Marvin Jones forever. Mar- Marvin Jones is only 5,100 on DraftKings. Damian Amendola is 3,700 because Kenny G's out. And so if that's how all you want to do in this game, if you think there's not going to be you know quite the pace, if Kirk Cousins is only going to throw 15 passes, then pick Dalvin Cook and then say on the other side, just this is just for tournaments, just throw in Marvin Jones or Danny Amendola or TJ Hawkinson, and I think that'll be just fine. So yeah, uh, would would you say real quick? Would you say that if Matthew Stafford does not play, there is not a single line that should be considered in cash games? Correct. Yeah, you just can't trust it. I mean, we remember we went through this last year, right? He was he only played half the year. He was on fire, and then we had to do a little bit of Jeff Driscoll, David Blah. We had to play with. So <laughs> that was Thanksgiving, right? David yep. Blah. Yep. Actually, I think yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't they throw a touchdown like right at the beginning of the game? I was just yeah. like, "Who is this guy?" Yep. Tell me about Big Irv though, because his routes keep going up, his snaps keep going up, and he's still super cheap. Yeah, and it's you know this is one of those situations where the price is is very good to uh two point nine k on DraftKings. You like that as a punt option. Now, he was a guy that I was willing to punt with last week, and it was because we said, you know what? He doesn't need that much. He needs six DraftKings points to get there, to, to pay off his salary, so to speak, to, to 2x it at three. And, you know, we're seeing him run more routes. We're seeing a really positive trend in the amount of routes that he's running. But Dalvin Cook just stole the show last week, so Kirk Cousins didn't need to pass the football at all. And we just talked about it. It's unlikely we see that level of play from Dalvin Cook again this week where he just comes out and breaks the slate. So certainly you project more volume overall compared to last week for the Vikings. And he's a guy who's fine, right? Like if you want to punt tight end, I'm not going to blame you for for putting Big Irv in there. I've played around with a couple lineups where he is in as my punt tight end. And I like it a lot because you can get up to Dalvin. You can get up to Christian McCaffrey. You can pay up for Tyler Lockett, etc. But if you play someone like a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller, it's really, really tough to do that. So I'm almost leaning towards a punt this week and going with uh, Irv or another tight end to to get there. So he's totally fine as a cash game punt. Outside of that, it's it's sort of uh, tricky to recommend what to expect from him this week. There's another punt tight end that I'm going to try to talk you into later, and maybe you're all for it. But I want to mention the Minnesota defense. They're 2,400, and I already like them as a punt play this week. If Stafford's out, I think that's just an easy correlation play. Cook, Minnesota defense, they'll be a lot more popular, but that they're a cash saver. I think that's just a really simple play. But yeah, this this game was a lot more tempting if when Stafford uh, was a part of it earlier in the week. And maybe that could change. Maybe we'd go back. But at the end of the day, you're not playing a ton of Lions anyway. You're probably playing Marvin Jones, maybe TJ Hawkinson, and that's about it. So, yes, lock in Dalvin Cook. If you don't play him, uh, I don't understand what you're doing with your life. So I will take the under. Yeah, I'll take the under as well, especially not knowing what's going on with the quarterback situation for the Lions. And the line's going to keep moving. Vikings favorite, probably. So let's get to a game that's actually exciting and one that has a lot of plays in place. It's Carolina Panthers, who are three and four. They face the Kansas City Chiefs, six and one, who are just steamrolling everyone. The Chiefs are 10.5 point favorites, and this game has a 52.5 total. So that means the Chiefs have over 30 points projected in terms of their Vegas implied total. So you're looking at at least four touchdowns and for, you know, Patrick Mahomes, that's kind of pretty typical. So can Carolina keep up or is this just going to be another game where we're playing the Chiefs like last week? I I had a bunch of stacks of Chiefs onslaught stacks where I played Mahomes, played Tyreek, I played Kelsey, and then I ran it back with uh, Denzel Mims last week. So is it a similar story this week? I think so. I think it's a situation where, you know, that's a great learning, you know, spot too for people, myself included. I did not play enough Kansas City Chiefs last week, even though, you know, fantasy football is sometimes people make it harder than it needs to be. 
All you got to do is say, who is a great player? And what is the game environment? And how is the defense? And last week, it was silly of us not to play a ton of Patrick Mahomes stats, stacks against the Jets, right? Like, it's just like talking about it, it makes you sound like, oh, yeah, obviously do that. So that was kind of a, a miss, I feel like, on my part and one that I learned from. This Carolina Panthers defense, they're definitely better than the Jets, obviously, but Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to put up points. They have the highest implied team total, according to Vegas. So certainly we want to build some stacks around that team. And we're going to want to bring it back with the Panthers because this game is a high over under. I like the over in it, which I'll call, you know, when you ask me for it in a second. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like this game quite a bit. I'm interested to get your take, though, Kyle, because the way I look at this game is we say, OK, they are almost two touchdown underdogs. I, I expect this line to grow from ten and a half, probably up to like 11 to 12. Like if that's the case, is Christian McCaffrey a fade? knowing the the injury risk potentially and knowing that it's his first game back where they're gonna have to throw the ball just an absolute ton to keep up in this game i'm probably gonna be underweight on cmc this first week i love him i, I love playing him it's super fun in dfs but i think people are just gonna click the button because they see his name and they see that they can play him and at 8500 i mean cook's just in my opinion a better play this week anyways uh and he's cheaper but also, when I look at this Chiefs side, they're more expensive than they were last week. So the reason why I loved Kelsey, Kelsey was my cash game tight end last week, and I never, ever pay up for tight end. I usually punt. That's what Betts and I usually uh, subscribe to. But he was he was super cheap. He was 6,600, and he's gone up almost 1,000 this week. So uh, you're having to pay up for Mahomes, paying up for, for Hill, paying up for Kelsey, but the one guy that has dropped in price that I don't mind this week is CEH. He's 6,100 on DraftKings. Carolina gives it up to the running back position. And they're 26 in run DVOA. Uh, a lot of people are scared of Le'Veon Bell, but CEH saw a ton of work. He ran over double the routes of Le'Veon Bell last week. So he's still the lead guy. And in tournaments, if you want to gain a ton of leverage, like if, if everyone's going to go back to Chief Stacks, CH is a great way to, to go back. The question is, does he have a ceiling? I, I don't I don't know. Can he hit 30 points in a game? What do you think? Probably not. I mean, it's just tough to see that happening because certainly there's the Le'Veon Bell argument, right? But I mean, Kansas City is still one of the highest um, percentage of first down passing offenses in the league. They throw on average more than other offenses so it has to come through the air for ceh i doubt we see a scenario where he comes in and he's just running the clock out in the fourth quarter like he was about a month ago against the bills if you guys recall that i mean he was just run after run after run i mean that was without Le'Veon bell right so now we're getting Le'Veon bell in the mix i don't know man it's tough i could see one of these backs being productive but it would be a, you know totally just a gpp play nothing more i can't trust him in cash yeah, it's interesting if you were to pair him with, say, the Chiefs defense in a tournament because uh, the Chiefs are the the DST two, so they're second, but they are like twelve hundred dollars cheaper than the Steelers. The Steelers are are an incredible play this week against the Cowboys, but they are almost unplayable on DraftKings at forty nine hundred. So I love the Chiefs as like a you know a secondary defense. Uh, I think they're going to do well, and then on the Carolina side, like I just don't see them being able to keep pace. I think that maybe Robbie Anderson could be fine, but this is a different type of Chiefs defense. So CMC is fine in tournaments. Uh, I just don't want to do it this week. So any other thoughts on these wide receivers for the Panthers? No, not really. It was kind of disappointing last week, I think, for a lot of people that watched the Thursday night football game against the Falcons. Obviously, we talk about them every week saying, oh, yes, play your wide receivers, play your quarterbacks. And it was really, really disappointing. So I would say these guys are great tournament plays this week because there's kind of, you know, that island game situation where people see them on national TV. Everyone watched the game and everyone saw them fail. But this week could be a game where we see them have to throw more. So to me, both guys are in play as GPP type options, but I'm not going to play either one of them in cash. And if you're excited about McCole Hardman, he got the type of involvement we wanted to. He looked awesome. He's just, when he catches the ball, he's he's incredible. I You just can't fully trust the guy. So he's a tournament play only. If you don't want to play Hill and play Hardman instead, that's fine. I'll also mention that Ian Thomas, the Panthers tight end, doesn't exist. He doesn't matter. <laughs> and it's shocking how little he is used 
the entire year. I just needed to mention that. Although he did have his best game of the year last week against your Falcons. <laughs> I did, I totally forgot it. Did we win? We won. That was that was a great thing that we <laughs> are further away from a top pick. Anyway, yeah, all right. That's, so that's great, right? <laughs> so tell me what you like in the Vegas. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the over for for this one. Ten and a half points with the Chiefs. I I feel like is totally doable. So give me the Chiefs ten and a half. Um, the Panthers limit big plays, but I just trust Mahomes to to cover that spread. All right, last game. It's Denver Broncos at my Atlanta Falcons. This is a rematch of the 1998 Super Bowl. I remember watching it. John Elway uh, retired right after. We got shellacked uh, that year. So props to those Broncos. Good times and great (laughs) oldies. Uh, The Falcons are four-point home favorites. My question, why are we talking about the Broncos? I mean, this is a team that we've really not touched on in DFS. Why is this a game that we should be interested in? This is going to be an absolute track meet, and I love the over in this one. 50 points, I think it should be up towards probably like 52 and a half, 53, something like that. Because when you look at the Falcons, we talk about it every week, right? They throw at at an insane rate relative to other teams. They've also been top five in pace of play for the entire season, so that's not going to change. They're a fast offense, which we like. Then on the Denver side of things, I mean, earlier in the season, they were really slow, right? Before the, the bye week in week four, they were 22nd in neutral situation pass rate. Now they are 11th since the bye week. So things have changed. They flipped the script. They're throwing a ton. So I think this game is really underrated in terms of game stacks. Everyone's going to flock to, you know, the Josh Allen stacks, the Russell Wilson stacks. But, you know, Matt Ryan to Julio Jones to me this week is just an absolutely dynamite way to start your lineup. This week is going to be awesome for both offenses. And I think we can stack this in multiple ways, which I'm really intrigued to get your thoughts uh, on this game, Kyle, because I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I think Matt Ryan's going to be overlooked this week and at home with Julio Jones, he's going to be fine. And you know, Calvin Ridley is out. So you might say to yourself, okay, he doesn't have his weapons. Um, He's going to be just fine. Uh, He's a solid quarterback. You can get 300 yards, get that three point bonus. And the Broncos aren't intimidating through the pass. Now, the running game, I don't really want any part of Todd Gurley. He's been mostly touchdown dependent. But uh, give me Julio Jones. We talked about him. His targets. I wish, you know, it stinks that targets isn't like adding up for fantasy points because targets is one of the sexiest statistics there is, Bets. <laughs> and don't don't get me started talking about statistics, man. <laughs> Kyle's getting all hot and bothered by these targets. We're talking about Julio Jones. We're talking about his target totals, 20, 15, 13. I'm feeling good, and he's going to be just fine. So Julio's a great play. Uh, I don't mind him in cash, but in tournaments, that Ryan-Julio stack sounds awesome. What about Russell Gage? With Ridley out, do you feel like you want to go there? When Ridley was out last year, he saw a ton of targets, but his fantasy points just didn't really show up. So and his price isn't as cheap as it was last year. So is Russell Gage someone you're looking at or going to pass? Yeah, I'll probably pass. I don't see the ceiling with Russell Gage. And it was actually kind of interesting. I was reading a report today um, from one of the beat writers for the Falcons talking about kind of how like the the Falcons have sort of like a backup wide receiver for each player. So like when, when um, Calvin Ridley is out, it seems to be Christian Blake that actually steps up and plays his role. So I don't think we see a role change for Russell Gage that much. So yeah, we kind of know what he is. I think Christian Blake, if you want to get really funky in like the Millie maker, like an insane tournament where you have to have someone hit at, at, you know, rock bottom price, you can get nutty with Christian Blake. Obviously it's a really thin play, so I wouldn't go overweight on him, but um, (laughs) yeah, I'm not super interested in Russell Gage by any means. On the other side of the ball, Drew Locke is 5,200. So he's kind of like when we we talked last week, when you get a quarterback under 5,500, you are saving a ton of cash. So in in large field GPPs, if you just want to go nuts, you say this is the Falcons defense. Drew Locke had three touchdowns last week. You can play him. I'm not super excited. I'd rather just stay with Matt Ryan, but you can play Locke. And Jerry Judy is someone that his price is so deflated. It's at 4,700 right now. Dude still gets open. I mean, I love that. He had 10 targets last week. So Jerry Judy is someone that you can throw in a tournament. Like if you just want to do Ryan Julio and then run it back with Judy, I think that's just a really simple game stack. 
I think he can get there. But is there another player in this game that you really like that you would play on the Broncos side? Yeah, I like Noah Fant this week. I mean, he's $4,600 on DraftKings, so he's an extremely cheap option if you want to go that route. He saw nine targets last week, and what is the story with Atlanta? They can't stop the tight end. I mean, we just talked about it. We were jokingly said Ian Thomas had his best statistical game against this defense. Yes, Ian Thomas came out and actually went over the 20-yard mark, so they can't stop anyone Whoa. this year. But Noah Fant, yeah, just running a ton of routes. Um, he's still recovering from his ankle injury from earlier in the year, and so each week that passes, our confidence in his performance should get more and more and more. And so, yeah, this is a lot uh, a spot here where I like Noah Fant as a bring back if you're building a, a Julio stack with Matt Ryan. The Their other tied in, Albert O, I'm not even going to try the last name, is tempting as another punt play, but dude's only seeing 26% of the snaps. Uh, him and Drew Locke went to college together, so they have that narrative, like Adam Levitan always says, they were shower buddies, so maybe they know each other pretty well. But yeah, Noah Fant, 4,600. I have him in my cash game uh, lineup right now. I just think it's safe. I, I think you're you're getting a total that you really like, and you mentioned earlier, but you're taking the over. Oh yeah, give me the over for sure. I will take the over as well. I'm very tempted to take the Falcons, but I will not do that to my soul. So uh, <laughs> let's battle it out. DFS Battle Royale. Betts has taken a two-win lead. He's at 17. I'm at 15. So uh, you're looking good, Betts. But in Battle yeah, at least Royale. I'm winning here, right? I can't win in the that, listener contest, but I'll win here. What's the prize for this? I don't remember. Oh, I think we said it was like $7,000 or something like that. It was a $7,000 prize. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That random number just came into my head. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, this week, we will be using DraftKings, and we're going to pick a couple different categories and kind of compare some options that maybe you could use for tournaments, you could use this week uh, in cash, and some games that we didn't talk about. So there's some awesome plays this week that maybe aren't in the highest total games, but uh, you could certainly use. But we're going back to the game we just talked about. Give me a stack that you like where the quarterback is under 6,500. So a quarterback that saves you some cash, frees you up to maybe get a Cook and CMC this week. Yeah, the easiest way to go about this segment is to just hit the rewind button uh, 15 seconds, probably about three times on your podcast app because we both like the stacks from the game we just talked about with the Falcons and with the the Broncos. I'm going to go with Drew Locke to Jerry Judy. That stack to me is a great play this week. We talked about their price just being so, so cheap with Drew Locke at sub um, sub 6K. Jerry Judy sub 5K. It lets you get to guys like Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. So I think it's a great way to go in tournaments. Yeah, when you get your stack, like when you start off a lineup with a quarterback and wide receiver under 10,000 together and you feel good about it, like, okay, they could actually, you know, hook up for maybe a touchdown or two. That That's a pretty good start. Yeah, I'll just stay with Ryan and Julio. It's it's a combination we like in tournaments. Ryan is someone that you can just pretty much count on. And the Broncos do get after the quarterback. So I will say, if there's anything that worries me, it's that Ryan under pressure just folds. But uh, I think that game, I think we're going to see more than 50 points. So I, I like that call. For running back, give me a cash game running back that's kind of between the six and $7,000 range. Yeah, I'll go with James Conner. Uh, he's just been an absolute workhorse for the Steelers. They're taking on the Cowboys this week, and you guys know by now the Cowboys defense is not good. They're 29th in rush DVOA defense, which tells us that this offensive line can dominate against the defensive line of Dallas. So yeah, give me James Conner. He's just getting a ton of volume. He's getting all the work when they get in close in terms of the running back touches. So I will take James Conner here. He's $6,900 on DraftKings. I will go with the Cardinals' Chase Edmonds, and I've been waiting for it to be Chase Edmonds' week. I have him in redraft, and I'm just so excited. On DraftKings, he's $6,800. He faces the Dolphins, and if you saw the Dolphins last week, you might say, whoa, whoa, wait a second. That defense totally destroyed Jared Goff. They still rank last in rush DVOA, so this team knows how to give it up on the ground. Chase Edmonds is going to see a ton of opportunities. Like He's going to be the workhorse guy. And that's all you can ask for at 6,800. So he's a cash game viable, love him in tournaments, but Chase Edmonds is going to smash this week. 
All right, cheap wide receiver. Give me a wide receiver under 5,000 that you would play maybe as a one-off or stack. <laughs> yeah, I can't stop talking about Jerry Judy this week. He saw 10 targets last week, and he's just $4,700 on DraftKings. I mean, if you're telling me you're getting a wide receiver that's going to see somewhere in the range of like 8 to 12 targets, they should be at least $5,500. So he is a huge misprice this week. Like obviously, we talked about the matchup with Atlanta. They're getting destroyed by fantasy wide receivers. So it's absolutely perfect. And I just want to say, you know, last week on 10 targets, he just went four for 73. So there's a ton of, you know, meat on the bones, so to speak, for Jerry Judy this week. He should be able to come out and have a really good solid week this week. So like him a lot, especially at his price, $4,700. And you can just bet on the talent. I mean, we haven't seen an explosive game from this guy, but there's a reason he was drafted that high. He's a reason he just gets open. Those are the type of players that you want to play and at this price. So yes, I will be playing Jerry Judy in a lot of tournaments. And I'll go back to John Brown. We mentioned him in that Bills game, $4,600. Could he outproduce Stefan Diggs in a game? Totally. Like he could be the guy, the Bills wide receiver that you want this week and you're not having to pay up. So $4,600. I like him more in GPPs given his injury history. I don't really trust him in cash, but that price is just perfect. So punt tight end. So if you're going to punt, put him in your cash game lineup. Who's the tight end you like? Yeah, at this point, I'm just a broken record. It's bigger and <laughs> you put his name for me in the show doc and I logged in and I, you know, I chuckled to myself and I said, yeah, that's true. Actually, <laughs> $2,900 on DraftKings. We talked about it. He's running a ton of routes. We expect Dalvin Cook to be good, but maybe not as good as he was last week. And so we can see some more volume in the passing game. It's cheap enough that you don't need too much from him. So I'll take bigger of this week as my punt tight end. This is the moment I've been waiting for because I need to talk about Will Disley. Our boy, Big Montana, has overtaken Greg Olson as the lead tight end in Seattle. And you probably didn't even know it. You probably did not get that update that, that Twitter notification that was sent to your phone that says, hey, did you know that Will Disley ran about 60% of the snaps this past week? And maybe that doesn't excite you that much. But Russell Wilson does for me. And the matchup is great. Buffalo has given up huge games to Mike Gusecki, who, is he still alive, by the way? Like, I love Mike Gusecki, man. I'm a Penn State fan, so I have a little bit of bias towards him, but he's just so athletic. I I'm not sure if he's still alive. I know what's frustrating is like every time you see a tight end catch a ball for the Dolphins, you're like, sweet, that was Mike Gusecki. But all of a sudden, Adam Shaheen stands up and you're like, dang it, really, again? Like, So I have no idea what's going on down there. He's giving up big games to Mike Gusecki, Jonu Smith, who's also MIA, by the way. By the way, those two tight ends are my two starting tight ends in my redraft leagues. Mike Gusecki, Jonu Smith, who have that must basically... Be fun nothing recently so he's given a big games to those guys travis kelsey darren waller and then here's a crazy stat the bills gave up six catches to chris herndon in week one so that's if chris saying Her something if chris herndon can get six catches our boy will disley is set up so he's a punt play at 2700 on DraftKings. i just like him as as somebody that i know that game is has the highest total i love it for it to go over maybe catches a touchdown and and that would be great all right, one last thing, sneaky DST or DST you play in cash this week. Yeah, I, I like yours quite a bit. So, you know, by default, I'm going to say uh, I agree with yours. However, I will also play the Cardinals at $2,900 on DraftKings. And the only reason is, you know, last week we didn't really get to see what Tua is in the NFL because the defense came out and scored two touchdowns or the special teams in the defense, I should say, scored two touchdowns. They didn't really have to have him throw the ball that much, but against Kyler and the Cardinals, we certainly expect Card uh, the Cardinals to put up points. So Tua will have to throw the ball a lot more, especially with Miles Gaskin now out with an MCL injury. So yeah, I'm intrigued to see kind of what happens. And to me, it's just a bet on, um, bet on a defense playing against a rookie in technically his first game where he'll have to really throw the ball. So I'll take the Cardinals there at $2,900 this week on DraftKings. I like the Cardinals a lot. They're actually my cash game uh, play right now in my lineup. And then I mentioned the Vikings earlier, 2,400. If Stafford's out, lock them in, save a ton of cash. I think they will be great. All right, I've got a couple of questions for us, so let's get to some listener questions. Mailbag. All right, a couple of mailbag questions for us, specifically about uh, some of these are, are mindsets for cash and GPP. So I like some of these questions. 
And then there's one that I am super, super tempted by, a question we'll, we'll get to in a second. But this first one is from Yens, which um, makes, and they have a Penguins logo. So I'm assuming uh, they're from Pittsburgh. And how does that work? I don't really understand the Yens thing. Yeah, I don't really know the background of it. I'm I'm more of a Philly guy. Uh, so, Mr. Yins, like, I'll, I like you because you're listening to the show, but I don't know if we can be friends because you're a Pittsburgh guy and I'm a Philly guy, and I love the Flyers. So, uh, But no, it's a, it's a Pittsburgh saying. I don't really know why it came from, though. Maybe you can hit us up on Twitter and let us know because uh, I'd love to know, actually, if you're from Pennsylvania. No, I, I've heard J.J. Zacharyson talk about it, about Yinzers, and I, and I was a little jealous. Like I was like, that's kind of cool. Like That's a cool phrase for, for a city, like, what do people well, call like, instead of like what are you guys doing tonight? It'd be like, hey, what are Yins doing tonight? Oh, that's, that's how you nice. use it. That's yeah. so smooth. I mean, like in Atlanta, it's like there's nothing there that says other than I'm from Atlanta, the Burbs. Like that's that's where I live. <laughs> it's not that great. Although we are kind of important in this election. That's my Very. one election one election thought I will share on Wednesday when we know nothing. So um all right, Yens asks, why do you guys suggest different players for cash versus GPP? Isn't the goal for both to have the highest score? And I first off would say, yes, you always want the highest score. Now, if you could tell me who's going to be the players with the highest score, I would love to know that information. That would be super helpful uh, in, in any DFS. But Betts, why don't you first hit that? Why do we suggest different players for cash versus GPP? Yeah, on the simplest level, the answer to this question is yes, obviously, just play the best plays. But uh, when you look at football, I mean, the variance that happens each week is insane, right? And so you can't just say, oh, play this guy, play that guy in all your lineups, and it's going to work out every time. I could have easily walked away last week losing every lineup by playing Dalvin Cook in every single one because football just has so much variance. But essentially, when you look at you know cash games versus tournaments, you want to be able to say in cash games... This is my redraft league, so to speak. If I could choose my redraft league, this is who I would play, and this is the best lineup possible because I know they're safe, they're going to put up points, and they're reliable. But in a tournament, you want players that other people aren't going to play, and so it gets a little uncomfortable at times. They're more thin plays, but in order to differentiate yourself from the field, you have to be willing to kind of go outside the box and say, you know, maybe this week it isn't Stefan Diggs. Maybe it's Cole Beasley that comes out and smashes, but everyone else is going to play Stefan Diggs. So I'll play Cole Beasley and just kind of take the variance into, into the equation there. So it's all about, you know, leveraging the field is really the best kind of way to put it, essentially. Yeah, for those large field tournaments, you're asking yourself about roster percentages. Like those are so much more important. If last week, for instance, Keenan Allen was the most popular wide receiver by far. And we have a tool... Uh, that we get to talk about some of that in the uh, DFS pass. And I looked at my lineups and I said, okay, Keenan Allen is a great play. He's safe. Mike Williams, though, is way cheaper and he has a much higher ceiling. And it happened that they both had a great game. But in terms of building a lineup for GPP, it was easier for me to say, I'm going to go a little over the field on Williams, a little under with Keenan Allen so that I could gain some leverage. And then the thing with cash is I'm just looking for opportunities. With running backs, I'm saying, who's going to get me 20 touches this week? If I have a wide receiver, can I find six targets from a player that's like 3,500? That's all you're really asking for. You're asking for really high floors. And if you want a, a point marker, I've started to do this where I track my cash game lineups each week. And I see, okay, so did that team hit 150? That team hit around 160? So you probably want to be north of 160 points. Uh, some weeks it's much higher. We saw a couple weeks ago bets where those cash game lines were like 195 to 200 for people to cash, which is just insane. But you want to be north of 160 for a GPP, you have to be over 200 to even uh, have a conversation. So I think that's the main thought that I have. So, all right, next one's from Fun Bobby. Fun Bobby 808. He says, what is the number of total entries that differentiates between using a cash lineup or a GPP lineup? And I think what he's asking is, how many entries do you put in for your cash lineup when we talk about that? Like, I cashed everywhere. And then how many do you put in for GPP? And maybe what type of tournaments do you play for GPPs? Yeah, for me, I play one cash lineup across every contest I enter. 
Um, I just feel confident in the process of being able to select what I think or, you know, what we think kind of been talking in terms of um, the best, you know, quote unquote optimal plays. And I run with it and I put it in probably like 10 to 15 double up contests and then I'll create several head to head contests and play against people that, you know, for some reason see my name and they're like, oh, I'm going to play against that guy. He doesn't know anything. And so I play about 20 contests with my cash lineup and then I play probably about five to eight GPP lineups and spread them out across a couple different contests. And so really what you're looking at with that is I'm, I'm more of a cash game player. I play a ton of cash and I play a little bit of GPP. And I think Kyle, you're different, right? You play a little bit more GPP and then cash on top of that. So it, our, our strategy is a little different, but I think the concept is the same in that when you're playing cash, people find it, I think, so silly that they're like, you know, you only play one cash lineup. Like that seems, that seems weird. But to me, I'm all in. It's the, you, you win them all or you lose them all. Yeah, I think if you just get too, if you tinker with too many lineups for cash, you're just going to be like, I cashed here, I didn't cash here. Um, but I get that some people do it. For me, the process starts when Bets and I, you know, we get get the prices on Monday, and I'm going to release an article about this soon of what you can do each each day of the week. Um, and I'm not saying you have to look at this every single day, but you know, on on Tuesday is when the prices, we have an article that comes out that shows you the prices. So just get a look like, oh, who's a value this week? Who's someone that that I could totally play? And then throughout the week, we kind of perfect our cash game lineup. We'll usually text each other, you know, ask somebody else like, hey, what do you think of this guy this week? And and you kind of get to Sunday and you have one different thing. So I play mostly 50-50s. And I like playing 50-50s on DraftKings because you can have single entry 50-50s where you only have to be better than 50% of uh that tournament but these fields are so big uh on FanDuel they only go up to 100 and I just don't like that very much that like you know if you have let's say a $50 lineup it's just so hard there's so much variance within 100 so when it gets to like 5,000 I'm like okay well I, I feel pretty good that I can do better than most of these and that's where I've been most successful and for GPPs I, I get kind of cute where I like to max enter the really cheap tournaments and then uh, do some single entries as well. So I will every single week, especially last week, I will throw a couple in the Millie Maker. Especially last week, it was uh, what ten dollars. Uh, uh, yep. So that and when you when you see those, it's like all right. Well, I will throw in a couple here. Really, you should be max entering, but I, I can't really foot the bill bets of uh, fifteen hundred dollars right now. <laughs> that would be a very awkward conversation with my wife. Hey, uh, you don't mind if I just take a couple thousand this week and put it in there, do you? And some people do that. So we need, and we need to realize that, like, that's why Millie Maker is so hard because people that are serious about this are putting in fifteen hundred dollars, where you and I might be putting in twenty, and you're going to get buried because people have so many different lineups. But uh, it's fun to to throw one in there just for fun. All right, two more questions here. This one's from Liam Boyle. I'm interested in your take. Is Zeke a sneaky start this week, or am I trying to be too cute with it? And I, I like the way he asked that. Like, I kind of interested in this, but am I just getting too cute about playing Zeke this week? And for context, Zeke is all the way down. Uh, I believe at 6,600, 6,700. That is so cheap for Ezekiel Elliott, who's usually up somewhere in eight and a half, nine. So sneaky start this week. I can't do it. The price is really, really intriguing, but I just can't. I mean, this offense, we don't even know who's, who's starting a quarterback. It could be uh, the pride of James Madison, my, my alma mater, Ben DiNucci, or it could be Cooper Rush off the practice squad. I mean, with that combined with the offensive line injuries, I just, in, in you know, DFS, I just can't do it. You need to be thoughtful and mindful about, you know, what running backs you're putting in your lineup. And to me, against Pittsburgh, there is literally zero upside with Ezekiel Elliott this year or this week, excuse me. So I'm off of him. If you want to play him in like a massive field tournament as a leverage play, I get it, but I'm not going to play much Zeke this week. I can't do it. Yeah, take away the name and and maybe have a conversation like, okay, player X, they're getting this many opportunities against the number one defense. Uh, and then maybe think about this. Two weeks ago, Derrick Henry played the Steelers. And what did we say? We said, okay, well, he's not going to just like do nothing but he's not going to help you in a tournament. And so Derrick Henry was an easy fade that's, that week. Um, he still scored a touchdown, but it, he didn't help you so much in tournaments. So take away the name, and uh, it's really easy just to say no. All right, last one. This is from FF Burner. He asks, what is the poor man's way 
of projecting ballpark ownership? And how does your lineup change in tournaments when a guy is going to be super chalky, i.e. Dalvin Cook this week? Yeah, it, certainly the the answer to this question is kind of twofold. One, when you're trying to project ownership in tournaments, it really depends on a couple of things. One is the size of the field. So when you're looking at a smaller field tournament, maybe like 100 or 200 people, you know, Dalvin Cook last week was way under owned, but everyone else was talking about, you know, Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara and all those kind of guys. And they were up north of 20%. So it's hard to differentiate yourself if those guys don't come out and just absolutely go wild. So the best way to project that is to say, okay, who are the most expensive running backs? Okay, I found three or four. Now, who is the best matchup? Okay, I found two or three. That's what people are going to talk about. That's why we talk about them. They're good plays and they're good players. So that's the best way to be like, okay, I know everyone's going to play these types of guys and then kind of go from there. And then to answer the second part of the question, if a guy's going to be super chalky, um in a tournament it's okay to play one or two chalk pieces everyone thinks you have to play like three percent owned guys in every single lineup and that's all you can play you can still play those chalky plays but just be different elsewhere you know be mindful if you want to go with russ to tyler lockett this week great do it but maybe don't bring it back with stefan diggs because we know he's gonna be really really highly owned maybe go cole beasley or john brown differentiate yourself that way so you can still be different by uh, by you know leveraging that way but chalk isn't something you should fade every single time if it's a phenomenal play you know it's it's okay to to kind of follow the crowd so to speak yeah it's really hard for dalvin cook just to flat out bust he may not get you there for a tournament let's say he gets 18 points you're going to be super disappointed but in a cash like you might actually be okay uh, so yeah bet's got a great point like don't just fade all the chalk like there's good chalk sometimes and there's a reason why people are chalk like People in the industry are talking about these players because of the matchup, uh, maybe because of their salary. So I think that's really great. And in terms of ownership, in the DFS pass, we have something called the Buzz Report, where for each position, we have who the top 10 players are in terms of who's talked about the most that week. There's an algorithm that Fanshare has that basically says, okay, we've looked through everybody and what they've talked about on Twitter everybody what they've talked about on these DFS sites. And here's what it's spit out in terms of who people are talking about. So that's super helpful. I always do that. And I look at that uh, probably about Friday and I say, okay, here's the top 10 running backs. Who is not being talked about? And in week two, that helped me identify Aaron Jones, who was the number one running back that week, uh, just because I didn't see his name and I knew that he has upside. So that's that's a great way to look at it. But um, there's much more complicated ways to talk about roster percentages and, and where people are, but for cash game lineups, which is what we say as a foundation, ignore them. Just find out who the best plays are uh, and try to build a, a really good lineup. All right, before we sign off bets, anything you want to share with the people uh, going into week nine? We're halfway through. They need to stay with it. So any last words? No, man. I, I just think in general, like the, the time is now for us to take advantage of people that are kind of sleeping on DFS or maybe like getting discouraged. Stay with it. Stay the course. It's Julio week. So obviously good things are going to happen, man. I'm, I'm super excited for this week. I think our listeners are going to absolutely crush it in week nine. I can't wait. Join us. Julio forever. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.